Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, reminding you to check out the show live on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to check out our Patreon page where you can unlock exclusive perks, including access to a patron Q&A session where we take Falcons questions for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of fun. You can find that page at patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 158 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin on the Twitter is joined by a wonderful trio of co-hosts this evening and of course our guest of honor who will be joining us uh at some point tonight so don't you worry about that folks uh but to start things off we've got with us as you can see we have eric robinson he is at underscore eric underscore robinson eric how are you doing tonight doing pretty good man doing pretty good how about yourself good good is that is that like a special background behind you now or is that just your wall it's an ESPN happens? background is a wall. Is it? Okay, I was like, wow, that's like really good. You got the whole thing blurred out. That was very fancy, but yeah, I, I like it. I like oh, no, it. no, no, it's blurred. It's blurred. It's just oh, okay, wall. it's just a wall. Okay, it's just a fancy blurred wall. It's really <laughs> yeah. class. Really class. That's what I say. I just got my like room behind me, but because it's blurred, it makes it look you know way fancier. That's just I don't know why, but <laughs> one of these uh, days he's gonna sneak into the uh, NFL live desk <laughs> and be sitting there. Yeah, just you know have like you know uh, like uh, you know just guys walking around behind him, just like former you know players and the analysts. Like, oh Eric, I need you to go. Oh, go hey Adam this. Schefter, what's up? Oh hey Adam, hey no Adam, I can't talk to you right now. Sorry, I got it. <laughs> no, but we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I got to do Falcoholic Live. It's a little more important, but uh... <laughs> 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 but thank you for joining us, Eric. We appreciate that. And also with us, as you can see, Adnan, you can she is at say which way. Adnan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, and uh, you know I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's just as hard to get Eric on here as it is Matt Bryant because you know big time ESPN guys. So. Big time. Oh. I'm here like every week, man. <laughs> it shows Eric's that we're time. doing such a good job then. Yeah, don't don't fight the bit, okay? Don't fight the bit. Yeah. <laughs> Adnan's bit is that he hates Matt Ryan. Your bit is that, you know, you're big timing us. Neither of them are true, but that doesn't stop us from saying it every week. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, we have Director of Guest Personnel, the man responsible for our guest appearance tonight. He is Evan Birchfield at the very easy to remember at Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you tonight? I'm good, Kevin. Very excited, as I can see from your choice of attire. Yeah, got the Matt Bryan jersey on. Just yes, in case. excellent. Well, we had to have someone representing uh, with the Matt Bryan jersey, so I'm glad Evan uh, obliged us with that. But yeah, guys, we got a jam-packed show tonight. Obviously, we got to talk about week two, which was you know equal parts 
exciting and infuriating, uh, which is pretty typical Falcons, honestly. Uh, then we have a much more, I guess you could say, winnable game to talk about in terms of previewing uh, this week's game against the Giants. A uh, much less daunting opponent, at least in theory, than the Bucks. Uh, and as we said at the rip, uh, we will have Matt Bryant joining us whenever he's available. Uh, so we'll work that in kind of as we go. Um, patrons, if you have questions, you can submit those uh, via Patreon message on Patreon. We'll try to get to as many of those as we can. Uh, otherwise, folks, uh, we'll try to get to some in the chat. I can't guarantee that. I know a lot of people, you know, if you tip or donate, obviously, you know, we're going to read those. So uh, we'll try to get to as many as we can. We don't know how long he's going to be here, but uh, obviously, if you're a patron, you can submit it there or you can donate uh, if you really have a burning question for Bryant as well. We just, uh, we definitely appreciate all your support, guys. And I do want to shout out, uh, Matthew, who just joined us on Patreon at the supporter tier. Matthew, thank you so much for your support, man. Uh, I haven't had time to add you to the graphic yet, but I will. I will. So let's get started with Sunday's game, uh, which was a pretty surprisingly, I guess you could say, competitive effort up until the very end when we had the two uh, pick sixes, one of which was definitely not Matt Ryan's fault. Uh, The second of which, well, the other one you could say maybe was a little bit 50-50, but... um, that made the score look a lot more lopsided than it was. But the truth was the Falcons were within two points of the Bucks uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, so that was obviously nice to see that they were able to sort of hang for a little while uh, with the reigning Super Bowl champions to kind of get back into the game after being down big. Uh, definitely an improvement over last week where they sort of, you know, blew their first two drives and then kind of floundered around aimlessly for the rest of the game. So I, I appreciated that it was better than that. Um I know there people's thoughts are kind of all over the place on this one, so uh, I'll not I'll let you get the first crack at this. How do you feel about this game? Are you like encouraged that they weren't as bad as last week? Are you giving them any credit whatsoever for their more competitiveness? Or are you still sort of expecting more? Uh, no, I was definitely encouraged. I, going into the season, I didn't mark down Week 2 in Tampa Bay as a victory. I don't think uh, even the most optimistic of Falcons fans did. And uh, the game played out almost exactly like like I expected it to. I said on my bold prediction last week um, that it would be a one-score game in the fourth quarter, and it was going into the fourth quarter. It was a three-point game. The Falcons even had the ball at one point. Uh, the score did look a lot more lopsided than it was. It reminds me a lot of that Week 17 game last year where the Falcons were down by three with less than four minutes left, and they ended up losing by 17 because the Bucks tacked on a couple of late scores. Mm-hmm. Um, the team looked a lot better than they did in week one. And that's mostly what I was going for and what I was looking for. I didn't expect them to make it out of Tampa with a one and one record. Uh, 0-2 losing this game to Tampa, that just compounds and uh, that just compounds that loss against Philadelphia even more. Because now there's absolutely no room for error moving forward against the Giants. You cannot... You cannot come out of New York at zero and three, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. It wasn't. It was very encouraging that you know they looked a lot better, and if they looked like they did against Philadelphia, that's when <laughs> there would be a lot more questions and a lot more criticism of this team. But you know, overall, and uh, I wrote it in our um, uh, roundtable afterwards. Uh, this team is gonna make you mad a lot 
like yeah. uh, like it has over the past few years. It's going to lose some games that it has no business losing, and it will piss off the fan base. <laughs> uh, you should not be pissed off about losing in Tampa Bay. Like that's that's one that of the more reasonable happen. losses. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, I'm looking at a glass half full. I'm definitely encouraged. Uh, my tone will be completely different if we're sitting here still winless a week from today. However. Yeah. Yeah, and I know. Uh, awkward stretch. Interesting. Uh, very, very pertinent name here. Uh, you know, pointed out that the Falcons did allow 80 points in two games, which is a franchise record in the bad way. Uh, which did break last year's record of 78. Uh. I, the de- the defense is not as bad as last year's. Yeah, in in fairness, not, but, yeah. fourteen of those were from a pick were from pick sixes. Yeah, and another seven were from an interception, which gave Tampa the ball inside the ten. Yeah, so I can't so, really blame the defense yeah. completely. I mean, for it's, that. they allowed it, so it's like we're not saying that they didn't allow it. But this defense is not as bad as last year's defense. They are better. Uh, by a lot of statistics, um, and if you check out my stats preview tomorrow, good plug here by me, uh, you'll see that, that yes, they are last in the league in points allowed, uh, with, with 40 points per game allowed, but uh, their other defensive statistics are nowhere near as bad as that number, and that's because 14 of those points are from pick sixes, and like Evan said, there was another turnover you know, inside the 10, and then uh, they just they haven't allowed nearly as much yardage as they have points. Um, it's and just the bad sort of, punting. Yeah, the bad yeah. punting. Yeah, I was going to say Mello in the chat also said uh, mentioned it the punting and giving the opponent amazing field positioning over yeah. and over again isn't helping either. No, it's not. So um, the defense isn't as bad as last year's, despite the fact that they've allowed more points. Um, if you take off the fourteen for pick sixes, they've allowed you know. Uh, 30 just only 33 points per game which is you know still bad but uh (laughs) it's not as bad as 40 like 40 is obviously last in the league 33 would have put them at like 28 so you know they're probably closer to 28 than they are 32 but um you know just keep that in mind um but yeah uh i know ray moon had a tip here uh we'll save i know it's a question for matt bryant so we'll save that ray for when oh Ray Moon is just choosing violence. Yeah, there, he's huh? choosing violence. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll let uh, we'll throw Matt some softballs before we 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 throw that one in there. We'll see how he responds to those, Ray. But I, I will try to at least touch on some of the things you answered, even if I may not uh, ask it as directly. That's that's my promise. That's my promise. I, I can't guarantee I'll be like that straight up. But you know, uh, I appreciate you. You know, floating that out there. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I do appreciate that Raymond with the three dollars, uh, and I will read as much of it as I, I feel. But we'll play. We'll see how the room feels, you know, at that time. Um, and then we got a dollar for Guy Fieri, aka Solaire. Uh, so he says, "So Adnan, I saw you on Twitter being very optimistic about the Falcons going on a run. You said six wins in a row. Why not run I the table? I did not say six wins in a row. I said I could see it. I did not do not yeah, put yeah. words in my mouth. I did not guarantee six wins in a row. I just said <laughs> it could happen." You heard it here first, folks. Adon Ikic guarantees six wins in a row. Take that to your better of choice. Cash it out. Uh, no, he also says, in all serious, uh, if the team loses to the Giants, we're going to need a taste of those delicious draft takes. Yeah, I think if they lose to the Giants, we'll get I, at least we'll get at least take, one yeah. draft take going um, next week. But um, yeah, no, I agree. I don't think that this fan base can take another lost season before November uh, because that's what happened the last two years, essentially. This team definitely, it 
it feels like a must win. Like if yeah. there was ever a must win in September, like this is it. Like just <laughs> right. from a psychological standpoint, if nothing else, because, you know, of course you don't want to go down 0-3, but especially this team after starting out 0-5 last year, 1-7 the year before that. Like when's the last time this team was in a game in November that actually mattered? Right. Exactly. I mean, it's been a while. I, I for one, would enjoy that, uh, actually having a game uh, to watch that mattered at that point in the season. But you know, we've got a long way to go. Uh, hopefully we can get a little bit, of, you know, there is an opportunity for a turnaround here and we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely touch on that as we get towards our giants preview. But there, there is an opportunity here for, for some wins, um, much easier than this game against the bucks, at least in theory. Um, so yeah, uh, let's, let's get now to Evan, Evan, uh, how are you feeling about the team after still a loss, but maybe a more encouraging loss? How, how do you feel at this point? Um, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know. I, it, I didn't come away feeling much better than the Eagles game. I mean, obviously the team played better, I guess, against a much better team considering they just won the Super Bowl. But, um, I mean, for like five minutes, it was nice where it was 28 to 25, knowing they got that close. And then it was kind of, it reminded me of that meme where it's like somebody sitting back playing a game and then they sit up. And it's like the Bucks defense just kind of took over and the rest was history. And, you know, if there's a lot to take from the game, I guess you could say Ridley looked better. Um, Kyle Pitts' usage looked better, although I want to see it keep going up. Um, yeah, he was the leading Cordero, receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cordero Patterson um, is kind of like a gem, which is funny considering how many other teams he's been on. And he's not like a young, you know, running back slash receiver either, but just, I mean, he really is like an X factor on this offense. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing, I mean, that one um, where he caught the ball, it's like it, uh, and scored, it wasn't like an easy reception. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they like having him involved in offense. And if you didn't read it already, Adnan did like a fantasy um, article and mentioned him. And uh, if he's available, I mean, go get him. He's uh, yeah. Yeah. producing more than Mike Davis fantasy wise. That's for sure. Yeah. And in um, some leagues, uh, some leagues he's able to be played as a running back or receiver. Right. Um, so right. that's also pretty, pretty nice to have the flexibility there. Um, yep. But yeah, I agree. I mean, Patterson has been the biggest surprise I would say so far and a great one. And it's, it's kind of funny. It's like why it shouldn't have been this hard for people to figure out how to use a guy who's clearly one of the best open field runners in the NFL, like how to use him correctly. Um, and it seems like it was really just sort of teaching him the ins and outs of running back, like actually giving him reps there consistently because he did get some work there with the Patriots. He was more of a wide receiver with them a few years ago, but still got some run there. Uh, and then he went to the bears the last two years where they ramped up his carries every year and his efficiency was not good, but they did give him, you know, 50 plus carries last year. So you know, you think that maybe he finally got a chance to to get used to carrying the ball, to seeing the back, you know, seeing the backfield and f- going through traffic and stuff like that. And now maybe the light has sort of turned on for him, um, and you could kind of see maybe that this is what the team was hoping for. Because other than Matt Gono's second round tender, uh, Cordell Patterson was the biggest free agent the Falcons brought in. So you know, mm-hmm. we know how little money they had. So prioritizing a guy like Patterson. I think we were like, oh, that's kind of a weird move if it's just for a kick returner in today's NFL. Clearly, it was not just for that. It was for his ability as a running back, which has been better than any of us have sort of expected to this point. Yeah, 
And, and the one thing is like in week one, he was, when he was running the ball, it was, you know, it wasn't like trickery plays. Like he, he was running normal run plays and looking good last week against the Buccaneers. Um, he struggled more. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think he averaged like one yard a carry or something where Mike Davis actually did like four or somewhere around like 4.1 or something yeah. um, yards per carry. So he, he did a little better and that's an extremely tough defensive front. They both it is, were arguably the hardest. Um, yeah. and, and you know, the giants are going to be tough because Leonard, uh, Leonard Williams, I think is on there and he's, yeah, Dexter you know, Lawrence, no Leonard pushover. Or anything. Yeah. That interior yeah, is so. tough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I, I kind of like that they have this, uh, I don't know, like they're totally different players, Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson, but they're bringing like their, I guess, expertise to the table where like, you know, is Gallman going to be active? That's, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to activate him eventually and then how, you know, he'll fit into these, you know, with these two. Because they've really only needed two running backs right, the way they've right. been using them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's kind of risky, right? Because like if one goes down, it's like okay, we have one running back. You know, it's running back is right. one of the most injury prone positions in the league, so that's definitely been interesting. But yeah, something to point out the uh, the Giants' run defense is twenty uh, first in the league right now, allowing one hundred twenty six yards per game and over uh, well exactly five yards per carry, which is among the worst. So mm. this could be a potential big game opportunity for the Falcons running backs. Obviously we'll get to that more when we get to our giants preview, but um, something to keep in mind as we go forward. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the other big topic would be that the offensive line wasn't as big of a disaster this week. Um, and, you know, Nico pointed out in the chat, McGarry ended up getting a high PFF score, like almost a 70, which I thought was very bizarre because um, I think he was responsible for at least one of those picks, maybe uh, and, and, you know, several bad, very, very bad pass pro reps. Um, and they From buried, what I saw, I think yeah. it was his run his run blocking that really yeah. bumped his number up. Yeah, and, like, I think he's always been a pretty good run blocker, so that, that definitely helps him. But, um, at you know, in pass protection, the whole line struggled, certainly. I mean, against arguably the best pass rush in the NFL, if not, you know, one of the best pass rushes. Um, and that's not surprising. But Mayfield, I think, was, was better. He's still nowhere near good, but better. Hennessy better, still nowhere near good. Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom, still, you know, solid at worst. So, um, offensive line was better. Eric, uh, I'll let you get the, you know, get a word in here. What did you think about the offensive line's improvement from week one to week two? Uh, I definitely saw some improvement, um, definitely from Mayfield. Uh, and, and we still have to keep in mind that not only is Mayfield a rookie, but Mayfield is what, 20, I want to say? He's very young. I know that. He's extremely young. Very young, right. So, you know, it's not like he played at Michigan for four years and he's a rookie. Like, he only played a couple of years. He's still, I don't even think he's, you know, legal. He's he's old enough to drink at this point. But, <laughs> um, you know, I saw some improvement this week, um, especially on the offensive line, especially from him. Um, there's still some things that need to be worked out, of course. Um you know, the protection, the pass protection for, for Matt was, it was better. Statistically, it was better this week because he only got yeah. sacked once. Mm-hmm. But it, it still felt Matt was never really comfortable. Right, right. Um, and and I, I tweeted out a, a stat earlier this week about that. He, he had 46 pass attempts, but 19 of them, he had less than two seconds to throw. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's almost that's I think that's like forty percent of his passes. That's yeah, that's bad. Amount. Yeah, mm. 
Um, so he never really had time to get comfortable. So they they still need to iron some things out. And some of that may come with better play calling mm-hmm. down the line compared to them improving their technique and just getting better as the season go along. You know, I think if Arthur Smith does that particular component and, and, and gets better as a play caller, we may see less and less of Matt on his ass. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely an encouraging sign. And this was a, a much better test as far as defensive lines go from Philly in week one to Tampa. Like this is this yeah. is a, this is an elite defensive line. That's an elite defense as a whole. And Matt mm-hmm. was only sacked once. So yeah. that is definitely encouraging. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the time to throw is still an issue. Um, I still think the training wheels are on the playbook. You know, I, I know we don't necessarily know that, but from what they were calling, how limited things looked, I, I still think the training wheels are on. And that's obviously not great considering it's week two. <laughs> I mean, you would hope that you don't have to run a truncated version of your playbook at that point. But, um, you know, they, they were able, the offense was at least functional this week, which is a far cry from last week. Um, and that I think is a big improvement. Um, and the fact that, you know, we talked about Cordell Patterson, but they were able to get push against, you know, not a great rushing output overall, but enough to get a rushing score and, and to get some movement there when they needed it. Uh, you know, the Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan QB sneak, you know, notwithstanding, um, he did get revenge on that two point conversion at least, but, um, you know, that's encouraging, I think for the run blocking potential of this line that they were able to actually, uh, get a little bit of, of push there against that elite unit. Um, Adnan, how are you feeling about this offensive line after uh, seeing it in action against the Bucks? Still not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, it's like, sure, they, they were better in week two, but I mean, how they couldn't have possibly been worse. Like yeah. week yeah. one was just like an absolute abject disaster. Uh, Jalen Mayfield... <laughs> He went from a 1.4 pass blocking grade to a 31.8, which yeah, that, that's improvement, like 100. That's improvement right there. That's it's, like it's that's a 300. 30 times, yeah, yeah, 30, 30 times, times better. Higher. Yeah. I, I don't think any other offensive lineman in the league had a 30 <laughs> times higher, like, um, yes, a great legendary improvement. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, that that grade sucks. Like that that's still absolutely still terrible. Really bad. Yeah, like, it's like it's, Josh Andrews. Really, really bad. He's going to have the greatest pass blocking grade. Of yeah, all next time. week he's going to have week. like a three thousand oh. by that by yeah, that trend yeah, line. That's, yeah. that's what they're telling me, right? Like yeah. that pass <laughs> grade is just going to. Hey, if we're looking at the trends, like that—that's exactly what I'm saying. It's, yes. it's going to change their metrics over there, at PFL. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt Hennessy, his grade was encouragingly a lot higher in game yeah, two yeah. as opposed to game. He had uh, his pass blocking grade was a 65.6. And mm-hmm. I know like you can't, you can't just take PFF no, like no. as gospel. Right. It's just uh, a baseline, a reference point, just because there's really nothing else that provides these kinds of like statistics for offensive linemen. Yeah. I mean, you can look so, at like pressures given up and yeah. stuff like that, but the, even that doesn't really tell the full story. So there, 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 yeah. there. Their metrics is really is based off of their own particular research. Like it's not even. Yeah. It's not the only thing that matters, certainly. Um, yeah, which so is why I think, you know, we sort of disagree with Caleb McGarry's grade, thinking it's kind of high. So, you know, it's not perfect, but it's just something to reference, and that's yeah. what we're doing. So. Yeah, definitely take it with a grain of salt, but it's definitely a really good thing to reference when we are trying to break down and analyze the offensive line because at the end of the day, we all watch the game. We can all make our own opinions about it. 
Yeah. Um, which, you know, that brings me to my next point, which uh, Kevin already mentioned, Caleb McGarry, like, he looked a lot worse than his 69.9 <laughs> overall right. grade. Like, he was getting beaten off the edge. Uh, he, thus far, has not really shown me two games in that, you know, he possibly is the right tackle of the future right now. Now, I could be wrong if he turns a corner, and I hope he turns a corner starting with this Giants game and moving forward and that he just has the absolute breakout season that this team really, really needs him to have. Uh, because I think uh, Hennessy and Mayfield, for the most part, will be average to below average for the entirety of the season, and if not Mayfield and Josh Andrews. And I've kept harping on it. I've kept saying it. Caleb McGarry is that wild card because you really need more offensive linemen to be solid to good mm-hmm. than than not. You can't have more than half of your offensive linemen be below average starters yeah. because then mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good your offense and your skill position players are because the quarterback just won't have any time to pass. And the run blocking is fine. Yeah, like, you that's know, nice. That's, but... Yeah, that's nice. I remember a few years ago doing uh, an offensive line re- review, and it was our guy Ben Garland a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He had a top three run blocking grade in the NFL among all guards. Top three among everyone, and he got yeah. cut at the end of that season. <laughs> yes, because, exactly. Because his pass blocking grade was outside of the top 100. Yeah. If this was the 1980s, the 70s, you know, back during the days of true ground and pound uh, offense, then you can get away with being a really good run blocker and a you know not so good pass blocker. But in today's NFL, it's all about the pass. It's yeah. all about the pass. It's all about the pass rushers, and it's all about how well you can protect your quarterback. And if you can't protect your quarterback, you're not going to be long for the NFL. Well, yeah. I man. He's uh, he's going to get a dose of your boy this weekend, Aziz Ojulari. <laughs> oh um, man, okay. Uh, Aziz has a couple sacks so far. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And if, you know, everybody knows if you've watched Caleb enough, you know his kryptonitis athletic defensive ends that can, mm-hmm. you know, that can cause him to, you know. Utilize some type of footwork somehow, some way. Yeah. Which he, maybe, maybe we <laughs> should take him forth. Which he does not. Yeah. So <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't. I don't feel. I'll be quite honest with you. I don't. From that particular aspect alone, I don't feel that confident this weekend because of that. I mean, maybe uh, he yeah. surprises us, but yeah, maybe we should have taken Aziz with the fourth overall pick. <laughs> whoa, whoa, let's calm down here. Okay? I'm, kidding, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There he goes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're getting this just now, um, by the way, uh, and we're, we should this should be more for the Giants preview, but we're talking about the Giants here. Um, Giants guard Shane Lemieux, uh, Lemo, uh, today, Lemieux? yeah, Lemieux, yeah, he uh, had surgery today and will be out for the season. So another offensive line injury now for the Giants. Yeah, is that that's the, both guards now? That's both starting. Yeah, guards that, that, now. that's the guard who went down on Thursday night. So that's yeah, a really yeah. scary injury, right? Yeah. I mean, that was in the moment, like you knew that his season was probably over. Yeah. So now they've lost Nick Nick Gates at one guard spot and Lemieux at Lemieux or whatever his name is at the other spot. So they're, both yeah. of their guards will now be out. Yeah. L- 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 Lemieux transferred over because of the necessity for guards. I think he was their center. And he switched over to guard because they didn't have uh, enough depth at the position. So they, they traded for Billy Price, right? Yeah, yeah was so, that the Giants? It might have been the Giants. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. 
trade for Billy Price. So yeah. yeah, yeah, he's on the Giants. Yeah, I think he's occupying the center spot that that Adam yeah. was talking about. That. Yeah, he he is, and he wasn't. He hasn't been very good so far. But right. you know, it's it's still very early in the season. But I mean, this is the flip side of the coin. Now the Falcons are on the other end of a team of a a team having struggles on the interior of the offensive line. You know, now you're looking at, you know, maybe Grady Jarrett can kind of take advantage of that. And, you know, maybe he can move the needle a little bit in the Falcons' favor the way we, we saw Fletcher Cox move the, move the needle for the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. And, how many you know. Have seen this story, though? Hmm? How many times have, <laughs> this how many is, times have we seen this story, though? Well, it's it like we haven't seen it with Dean Pease yet. So let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's hope. Right? Fairness, let's yeah. hope. Let's hope. Because. They've gone up against two really good offensive lines thus far. They, um, they have. They so have. that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give them a chance against a bad offensive line. But it's worth mentioning, even with their starting guards, you know, who they've now lost. The Giants were 25th in the league in sack percentage allowed. They allow a sack on 8% of dropbacks. And that's probably not getting any better now without their guards. So um, I, need to, I also need to check how often Daniel Jones has been blitzed so far this that's a good, season. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, yeah. uh, we're we're going to need a so. we're going to need to put a spy on Daniel Jones this week Probably. because he he was looking to run over like he, yeah. he was outright hunting the rush uh, yeah. last yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, I think he's a he is certainly mobile. I think he's a little bit easier to contain than Jalen. He, he's not Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> not Jalen Hurts. But it, I, I felt like some 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 of the fans were approaching this game as if oh it's Daniel Jones and I, and I'm thinking I'm saying to myself like yeah. You know, the decision-making Daniel Jones is still a question mark, but, you know, when there's times that he needs to escape the pocket and he needs to run and pick up the first down, he's he's able to do it. He's not going to be like Tom Brady when he's just standing there in the pocket. Yeah, that's definitely one of his better qualities. Yeah. It's one of his better traits. Uh, and the thing is, like, you, you're not expecting it, you know, out of Daniel Jones. You should be. But, you know, you, you're not going into a game and – you know, you're not treating Daniel Jones like you are Lamar Jackson or, you know, a Jalen Hurts, for example, or a Kyler Murray, where, you know, he's not that quick. He's not that agile. But, you know, he can still – he's a fast dude. Like when yeah. he, he's that fast. Test that got called back against Washington. I know I know it was he got called back, but look how he literally raced down the sideline for 60-plus yards for, for a potential touchdown that they needed. Like he, this this guy has more athleticism than yeah. Than, uh, you, you remember yeah. when he tripped la, like uh, last year, and of course, yeah, like that's the funny part. That was a ninety-yard touchdown, right, nonetheless. Still, if he doesn't, <laughs> trip. he still got like fifty-five yards down the field before he tripped. Like he was still well in yeah. front of the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is he is athletic. He's definitely worth monitoring. Um, yeah, I guess with regards to this Bucks game. Um, you should probably touch on the defense a little bit. Obviously, AJ Terrell goes down late. Um, we're going to be waiting, you know, to hear about his status for Sunday. Um, I wouldn't not. expect. Him yeah, to play. I wouldn't expect him to play. Yeah. It's it usually takes at least a week to come back from a concussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Wednesday. He hasn't practiced. He's really he's essentially he has one more day to show himself. Yeah. On practice. And, and yeah, he can technically practice even before passing protocol, mm-hmm. but it takes a few days. Like he's not going to pass protocol until at least Friday or Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So if, if he logs the practice step. on Friday, that's encouraging. Um, yeah. Even if it's, it's limited. Well, 
Yeah. If he doesn't log on tomorrow, then I'm like, Ooh. yeah. If he's not, if he's not limited tomorrow, then it's probably not going to happen. Um, if he can get limited on Friday, there's a chance, but um, yeah. you know, we'll see. Well, I will. We'll see. Ideally, you want to see him be limited tomorrow and then full go on Friday, and then if that's the case, then yeah, he's he'll probably suit up and play. But yeah, if he's not on the field at all tomorrow, <laughs> I wouldn't. Hold yeah, him it's gonna be, be yeah, yeah. It's because gonna... a concussion isn't like isn't a typical injury. Uh, it, a concussion is either you have it or you don't. Uh, yep, yep. You know, either you pass protocol or you don't. Right. So it, it's not like a hamstring injury where you know you're monitoring it like uh, through the days and how it's feeling. Like this day, it's like you know maybe it'll feel better. It's if if he isn't uh, through the five step uh, process that the NFL has implemented by I think Saturday. He'll be ruled out. Uh, there's he, not going to be a chance for him. He, to play. So he can just be uh, experiencing a series of headaches. Right. That's keeping right. multipliers feel like it's something mm-hmm. as small as that. Like, yeah, they, it's it's yeah, it's a lot that has to go into it. So if he's not like I said, if he's not on the practice field tomorrow, I, I wouldn't be. And, and typically, it takes more than a week to come back from a concussion. Typically, right, right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, how did you guys? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, Evan, I'll let you get it. I know. Well, Evan's busy, so we'll, we'll give Evan a second here. Evan, Evan's working the magic behind the scenes here. So I'll, I'll go to you, to you on this one. But yeah, I mean, how did you feel about the play of the defense as a whole against Tampa Bay? I mean, I, I guess I thought it was about as well as we could have expected, considering the fact that they're, you know, maybe the best offense in the NFL. I mean, yeah, it's, if you look at the numbers, uh, Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns, which, you know, is never good. But, you know, there have, you can't just look at it black and white, just pure statistics. Like, this isn't just straight-up fantasy football. You have to take into account the terrible punts, which gave Brady that amazing field positioning over and over again. You have to take into account uh, the interception that gave the Bucks the ball inside the 10-yard line. They had two pick sixes, which inflated the score. That's not on the defense at all. Neither is that third interception that gave them the ball so close to the uh, goal line. I mean, the defense, it's not great. Nobody was expecting the defense to go out there and hold Tom Brady in this Bucks offense, this prolific Bucks offense, to 20 points. Uh, the defense was, you know, all things considered, fine. Like, I don't grade the defense and the offense on the same scale. Uh, just because of how much has been invested into this offense via draft picks, via the salary cap, it definitely tilts more toward the offense. Uh, you know, you brought in the offensive-minded head coach. Uh, I am definitely much, much quicker to scrutinize the offense for their shortcomings and disappointments in the defense just because the defense, I wasn't really expecting this unit to be anything better than a bottom 10 unit this season just because yeah, of yeah. the just because of how bad the talent is. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, I I think we're just sort of hoping for them to get a few key stops here and there to keep it close. And I think, I think honestly, based on what we've seen out of DMP's defense so far, it's been hard to evaluate everything 
fairly because of all the offensive issues. But I think I think we're seeing that Dean Pease is probably going to get this defense at least to the level where we can make a couple stops, even against a good offense. Um, they can they can get some things done. They're going to be able to get some some sacks and things like that from from blitzing. Um, I, I think the defense is going to be okay. I, I don't think it's going to be great. Um, certainly against playoff teams and that sort of thing, it's going to be like the Falcons are going to have to win shootouts. That's what they were going to have to do against the Bucks. And to be fair, I mean, I thought the defense played their asses off in the third quarter. I mean, they the Falcons went down twenty five, you know, to very little, um, and the defense had to go out there and make stop after stop to get everything going. And and I think that they pretty much did. Um, they, yeah, they gave they, did. they gave the offense so many opportunities to get back in the game. And they got that huge stop in the fourth quarter too, when the team was was down by three, and when they really needed that stop for momentum. In fairness, yes, Gronk had the holding call, but you know you have to take advantage of that. How many times have we seen? first and long, second and long, turn into a conversion under Dan Quinn over the years. Um, and, you know, in fairness to the Bucks, their punter had a hell of a punt to just, like, pin the Falcons deep. The Falcons end up punting, punting it away, and then, you know, that was pretty much all she wrote after that. Yeah. The defense also had that big stop in the first quarter where Dante Fowler had the strip sack, uh, recovered by Michael Walker, and, you know, that was – you know, Dante Fowler showed some life in this game. He was one of the better players on the defensive unit. And, you know, maybe possibly this could be a turning point for him moving forward. That would be really nice to see. Um, but yeah, definitely like I don't I'm not gonna criti- I'm not gonna blame the defense for this loss, not by any means. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that's very fair. Um, yeah, I mean anybody else, uh, Eric, I guess I'll let you get a, a crack at it too. You know, what were your sort of thoughts on how the defense played in this one? Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm definitely not expecting a juggernaut unit at all this year. Cause like I, I, we've stated before, they're lacking talent. They're lacking yeah. overall talent on the defensive side of the ball that can make this scheme what it actually could be. Um, but the one thing I want to see from this defense and we haven't seen it yet, like, yeah, they don't have the talent, but the turnovers, the takeaways, like you don't have to be a truly talented unit to force takeaways because sometimes the ball may just roll you away. Like this, I, they had two, they had two opportunities at a turn at turnovers in the third quarter mm-hmm. and they didn't take advantage of it. Now, granted they held, they held the buck scoreless in the third quarter, but imagine the, the swing of momentum that can happen when you're, when you pick off a Brady in the red zone, imagine, the momentum swing that can happen after you score a, a touchdown from from uh, from Cordero, and then the very first play you force a fumble from Leonard Fournette, and you you know you're already deep in their territory. Like right. those are the type of plays I want to see them make. I don't expect this to be the '85 Bears. They're not going to no, set no, it. No. They're not going to limit any teams when it comes to scoring. They're probably going to give up some points. But I just want to see this unit take advantage of those opportunities when it's presented, and that's yeah, been a problem. Yeah regardless who's the defensive coordinator. It's been a problem for a long time. Like, yeah, they just have, like, like that Fabian Moreau pick. That should have been a pick. It was, it, it really should have been. Um, it, it, gave up, it, it gave up a test down, yeah, you know? Yeah. And again, they already had the momentum after the Patterson test down. Then you come back in the very first play, Foyer does a peanut punch, and then boom, like, man, they recover. They yep, recover the yep. ball. Like, they have everything rolling at that point. They're already down in the 30-yard line. They're already deep in Bucks territory. 
the momentum is theirs. Like yeah. that's, yeah. we need to see them make that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree with you. And guys, we are working on, uh, Matt Bryant is available. Uh, he's having some technical difficulties. We're working on that right now, just so you guys know. Uh, so we're trying to get that sorted out uh, behind the scenes here while we continue to talk about this. So I appreciate your guys' patience. Um, but yes, Bryant is here. Uh, we are working on that. So uh, this is a good time. Good time also for me to plug, you know, all the other stuff. Like, uh, please do like and subscribe if you enjoy the content we're putting out. Uh, those metrics really help us out. Thank you, guys. Um, if you haven't uh, checked out our Patreon page yet, give that a look. The link to that is patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. Uh, lots of exclusive content on there. We've got some stuff working behind the scenes. We're trying to get some some cool things set up there, uh, possibly some film reviews, some some breakdowns um, that we can have patrons you know, sort of contribute to. Uh, we're going to be doing more sort of interactive stuff for patrons, like you guys can pick the topic of my next video and that sort of thing. Um, so if you want to have more input on what we do on the show, what sort of stuff we cover, give that a look. Uh, and uh, we definitely appreciate everyone who's uh, contributing there. I think there's like 20 of you guys now. It's it's, it's crazy. Uh, we just really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's continue talking about the defense. Um, let's see. What have we not covered yet? Um, getting all discombobulated here. Um, yeah. Uh, Evan's doing yeoman's work behind the scenes, so I'm not going to call on Evan. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I think the – there were a lot well, of encouraging signs. Yeah, go yes, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. As far as yeah. the encouragement that yeah. you took from this game, like what what is what is one thing you took from this game that says, all right, they can build on that, and that can that can lead to you know winning football games at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think the coverage was like okay. Um, you know, I, I think their zone is still pretty weak, but I think in man they were actually pretty solid. Um, and then I think I think the pass rush it will be serviceable if they can blitz without getting annihilated. And that's the problem with quarterbacks like Tom Brady, you know, and really mobile guys like Jalen Hurts. They can evade the blitz or they're just too sort of cerebral. They, they see the blitz coming and they pick it apart too easily. But the Falcons have a really soft quarterback schedule coming up other than t- like we got through Jalen Hurts, who had a really good game to his credit. He picked he he, he ran when he needed to. He got the ball out on time. Um, so, you know, props to him for sure. Then obviously Tom Brady, who's just really great at beating the blitz. It's just always sort of been his thing, you know, and, and that's why I think we saw that, uh, P's only blitz like six times in the whole game or something like that, which is very low for him. Um, but we're going up against guys in the future where I think the blitz will be better. Um, so, I mean, what, how do you guys feel about the pass rush as a whole? Obviously the edge pressure isn't great. Although Dante Fowler did get the, the strip sack, which that wasn't on my bingo card. But uh, Adnan, I'll, I'll let you get a crack at it. What? How do you feel about the pass rush going forward? Do you think it can be, I don't know, maybe okay if they're able to blitz? God, I hope so. Uh, I'd still like to see it. The pass rush was you know, better in the second week than it was in game one. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I still think it's so important to be able to get that pressure with four guys, uh, you know, a little more. And, you know, blitzing is, you know, we talked about it. It's fine. It's going to be incorporated. It wasn't used as much against Tom Brady just because, you know, why would it when Tom Brady is the greatest ever against the Blitz? So I think Dean Pease was very strategic with it there. Um, But I think a whole new world will be opened up if the Falcons can really start hitting on on their cylinders when they are getting some pressure without having to 
to fill that A gap with a linebacker or without having to bring a corner back off the edge. Um, I think that's where we'll need Dante Fowler to make some of his money. And, you know, if he can, if he can be on his game and, you know, Grady Jarrett can be on his game and Marlon Davidson, whom I have such high hopes for, uh, you know, I think he got his first sack uh, this past game. Uh, he's played a he played in a, a few more snaps in week two than he did in week one. I expect his snaps to ramp up, and if he can be that second round pick that the Falcons uh, chose him to be, and if he can make that impact uh, that came with his premium draft selection, you know, then then I think the pass rush can be very very passable, and that's that that's a huge victory considering where we were coming into the season. Yeah, I agree. It, it's at a, it's at a state where like we can get some level of pressure. I wouldn't say it's consistent at this point, but it is some level, and I think that you know has been something that was missing from Dan Quinn defenses in the past. Um, so I I I I was surprisingly um, surprisingly not upset at the defense. I mean, obviously, like. 40 plus points that looks bad but for we know 14 of them are from pick sixes um the run defense struggled more in this one you know i think against against a a a better uh hold on one second guys just trying to help troubleshoot here um i think the defense was better against a much better rushing attack in general but you know they they did give up some more yards on the ground um but yeah i mean I, i think Considering the talent they were going up against in the wide receiving core and at quarterback and on the offensive line, they held their own. They gave the offense a chance to to win it. The offense obviously shot themselves in the foot and like you know just destroyed any hope we had. But the defense did enough, uh, and you know who knows if that'll continue throughout the rest of the season. But I, I think that was you know pretty encouraging. It's going to be hard for them to really like consistently get sacks this season, unless they blitz. They got three this past game, but they they only blitzed Brady four times, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and he threw for two touchdowns off those off those blitz. <sighs> Again, the talent level, man. Like, I get it. They want to depend on Dante Fowler. They want to, you know, they. Re- you know, they pretty much redid his entire deal for the most part and made him earn his money. But this this past game was just another game for me to look at it and say, man, they, they need some horses at Ed's Russia, man. Yeah, they, they really do. It's it's pretty uh pretty pretty stark how how much they need yeah. edge help um yeah. at this point. So yeah. they just like they're they're needing Ogan Deje to grow up so fast. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably yeah. And he's probably not going to. Yeah, I mean, I think he's played about as well as you could hope for, like, a fifth rounder. Like, he's been, he's been, like, going in and playing reps and, like, not been, not been bad. Like, and I think for a rookie fifth rounder, that's pretty good, so. Fans are like, yeah, man, I can't wait to see him grow up this year and become that pass rusher. I'm thinking, like, we're really at a point where we're depending on the fifth round. (laughs) We're depending on our fifth rounder to make it happen. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, man, that's pretty desperate. That's that's yeah. pretty desperate. Um, 
Yeah, we got... Let me let me go back and catch a couple donations here. I know some of these were for Matt Bryant, so we'll leave those until he gets in here. Um, we got Ray Moon with the $1. He says, how bad is the loss of Russell Gage for us? I guess we don't know how severe the injury is. The fact that they're sniffing around all these receivers probably tells us that they expect him to at least miss this game. Um... But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, Russell Gage hasn't really been a major factor in the offense. I mean, the offense right. has not really been firing on all cylinders, so it's hard to say. Um, right. But, could, could, yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Could we see, all right, let, let's say they go this right. If Gage is not playing, could we see more Cordero at wide yeah. receiver? Maybe, if they need, if they need someone. Right, which causes them to kind of, you know, make Goldman active for this yeah, game. Yeah. That running back two spot. It could be. That could be an option. Um, could be. You know, I'm a big fan of John Brown. I would love that. I would absolutely I, love that. John Brown being on that field, he doesn't have to catch a pass. No. But it's going to help the offense. Yeah, he just terrifies people. You're just like, okay, run and go. Like, run and go every every snap. Like, yeah. <laughs> just go. Like. But, but he's, he's going to open up. He's going to take a couple of defenders away from Kyle Pitts. Yeah. All you got to do is hit one deep bomb to John Brown, and then they have to respect it forever. Or not even so, that. Just get, you don't even have to. Like, give him yeah. the ball this right and let him break it 40 yards, and then be like, oh, shit. Yeah, we're um, we're playing a deep cover two shell now because this guy this guy's here. So, yeah, I, I would I would definitely like that sign. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think with Gage, it's also a product of the system that – he just won't get as many looks uh, in Arthur Smith's, you know, in Arthur Smith's new offense uh, compared to what he was seeing last year with Dirk Hutter. Just because I think Arthur Smith's philosophy kind of devalues the wide receiver too. We yep. saw it in Tennessee. You had it was, you know, of course you had Derrick Henry. Uh, you had the tight ends, Ferkser and Jonu Smith, who were, yeah, you know, yeah. utilized right. a lot. I don't want to cut you, you off, Adnan. Brown. I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry, but. Uh, we have a special guest joining us now, so want to get him in here. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I, I, I well, we'll come back to that. I promise. We'll come back to that. Uh, it's right. completely fine. <laughs> Matt Bryant, man. Of course. Yeah, yeah we got it. We got to make time. Matt, are you there? Uh, yeah. We can hear you. So, can you hear us? Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, it's been. It sounds like it's been an adventure on your end. So I appreciate you sticking with it. Yeah, trying. So, huh. There may be a button to enable video. I don't know if there's video, if it's like an iPad or something like that. It is an iPad. I see. I see there's Evan Adnan. Yeah, Adnan. Yeah, yeah. Adnan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then there's a box for Kevin, but there's nobody in there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's because uh, the, the streaming program uses my video, so you won't see me, but that's that's not a problem on your end. Okay, so can you guys see me? Oh, just hear me. We can just, just hear, hear you hear right you. now. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if I'm supposed to press something. There, there may be there like a... Is that, there's a camera? There yeah. That has, yeah, can you press that? That might be, that might be able to enable it if you... Let's see. I don't... Yeah, I think it looks like a video camera or like a camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there he is. is. There he is. There he is. What's up, Matt? Thank you so much for joining us, man. We appreciate you working through the issues. Oh yeah, that's what uh, <laughs> our special teams. You manage. You manage issues. 
(laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, guys, it is Matt Bryant. He is on Twitter at Matt underscore Bryant3. Again, Matt, thank you for taking the time. I know I'm sure Evan's got a load of questions for you. You're like, you know, he he wore his jersey for you special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I'll open the floor to you guys. I know we have some some fan questions as well. But, yeah, I want to give you guys an opportunity to get – uh, anything that you wanted to ask off your chest, you know, this, you know, who knows when you'll get another chance. So, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll kick things off, you know, Matt, you know, you've been, you were, you were part of the league for, for a while, very long time. You started off in 2002. I just want to know, you know, what have you seen over the years that has led to the, the kicking position just evolving from when, you started to where it is now. Like, what 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 is one thing that that you've noticed? Just just in general, the the position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Uh, I guess one thing that comes to my my, uh, my mind is that uh, the the guys, for, for whatever reason, uh, these younger guys seem to be stronger. Yeah. Uh, as far as like kicking distances. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to uh, like younger guys, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, like that's the first thing that comes to my mind is is like, you know, it's it's no big deal to watch a pregame guys kicking, you know, sixty five yards. Yeah. Uh, you know, field goals during warmups. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Any type of kicking strategies or habits that you've seen that's that's changed over time? You know, with kickers or um, training you know, methods? Not that I know. I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I kind of did my own thing for the longest time, right? Uh, so, I, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what everybody else is doing. Yeah, gotcha. kind of your I, own. You're you're your own man, and we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it took a while for me to evolve into what I was able to do because, you know, um, I think as I got older, I got a little bit smarter, uh, you know, because now, now granted, I was I think I was like 26 years old my rookie year. You know, I was four years out of uh, Baylor. Um, so, like, whenever I used to lift, I used to lift, like, with the linebackers, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I – did squats, bent. I mean, like, I, I I was, you know, if you talk to a lot of my special team coaches, they would describe me as a football player that kicked. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in my heart, I was a linebacker now. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, I was just a kicker. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, we got to work with what we're born with, you know, to some extent, so. Right. Yeah, so, you know, as I got older, uh, I didn't lift quite as heavy. Um, I didn't like uh, lift to the extent that I did when I was younger. And I think that probably because, uh, you know, um, you know, whenever I was done, I guess I think I was 44, you know, I was still able to go out there during pregame and hit them from 58, 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I couldn't do that early in my career. So, you know, at, at 26, 28, uh, you know, like, like I wasn't able to do that. Yeah, so, let's be honest. That's the only explanation that I could probably give. Let's be honest. You didn't really need to. Okay. We 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 we've seen it so many times. You're on the sideline, you know, with shades and a drink, and they're like, "Hey, man, we need a game winning kick. Can you get?" 
I will also say, uh, Matt, you mentioned about these younger guys kicking from 65 yards. Uh, I don't think uh, many of them have kicked from 62 in an actual game. You know, I think that's uh, like just two or three of uh, you guys, yourself included, did that in, in NFL history. Yeah, those big, those long kicks like that. It's a uh, it's a t- uh, you know it's kind of like a perfect timing type deal. When I say timing, uh, you know, because the games are so close. Um, I can't remember what the percentage is. We're getting about four points or less. Uh, right. Field position is big, so even though you know you you've got these big legs, coaches are less willing to kick a big kick like that. So usually it has to be at the end of the half. Um, or at the end of the game, uh, I guess, you know, go back to look just this past weekend. Uh, I think Prater had a 62 at the end of the Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, yeah, it, it, you know, a lot of guys have uh, have the physical ability to be able to do it, but it's just a matter of, uh, like, at a certain point during the game, like coaches are more willing to let you do it or not. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. Um all right, so we do have – yeah, anybody else want to get a question before we go to some fan questions? Well, I want to ask a quick one. Yeah, um, yeah, go for it. How – because in today's NFL, it seems there's a lot of turnover at, you know, kind of that important trio of the placeholder, the kicker, um, and the snapper. Um, how important, you know, for you was it to have Josh Harris and Bosher for so long, like to have that kind of trio? Uh, it was huge um, because, you know, you know, to I hate to go back and revisit my my last year there but like uh you know there is whenever you go out to the field you work with you know you've got like your snapper and your holder you know yourself your uh you know you're you know like a little battery so to speak and um you know like it it, it becomes a matter of trust you know just kind of like a quarterback uh throwing to uh his receiver you know they run routes all day long He's going to trust his guy to be there at a certain point. Like if he goes back five steps, when he puts that plant foot down to go to release the ball, he knows, you know, for instance, like Matt, he knows Calvin is going to be at a certain point. Um, uh, You know, uh, for me, knowing that, okay, the snap's going to be there, my holder's going to hold it, he's going to put it a certain way that, like, I know that it needs to be held to go a certain kind of way. you know, that's huge. That's, that's huge. And, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of part of my, uh, you know, whatever it was, um, where I didn't have the success that I usually had, you know, there was one time during one week, I think I worked with three different holders and I didn't know who was going to be holding during the game. So, uh, yeah. you know, is that a, uh, is it a dire situation? No, but it sure does help to know, the continuity needs to be there. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. I 100% agree that I think it's an underrated aspect that people lose, you know, and I, I you know, it seems like teams these days are, are discounting it as well because they're just shuffling through these guys. Um, you know, it seems like th- there's these veteran long snappers that have been working with their kickers forever, and it's like, oh, well, we could save, you know, a million, so we're going to go with a cheaper long snapper, but it makes a difference. Well, oh, yeah, and, and you know, uh, true story, so, and I, you know, I told him about it and obviously it worked out great. Um, but like Josh Harris's first year, uh, I had Joe Zelenka for two years and 
whenever I heard that they were bringing a young guy to camp, I told them, uh, you know, I want Joe back. And they brought Joe back. And, uh, but they went ahead, went with Harris. Um, but for me, it was like, you know, like, I know, you know, like, I know I'm going to get with, with, uh, with Josie. And, uh, so, you know, like I expressed how much it'd be, how good it'd be for him to be back. Now, obviously Josh, um, went right in there. We didn't skip a beat. So, Mm -hmm. but the importance of knowing that is, is huge. And if that would have came up again, you know, I, I for sure, hands down, uh, would have said would have said the same thing for Josh. Yeah, yeah, I, I that that's cool. Yeah, it's nice to get that insight, you know. And it's like you never know how a guy's going to turn out. Like you said, obviously Josh Harris ended up being a great addition, and you guys had a long career together. Uh, but you just you never know. Like you 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 obviously you're going to be more comfortable working with someone that you've you've spent time with in the past. So yeah, because like in the preseason, I remember Josh's first snap. He skipped it back to the holder. I said, "Oh, bring Joseph back." <laughs> I don't know about this guy. Yeah, yeah, no, but but obviously Josh is, uh, and 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 I think, and that was one thing I tried to help Josh with because obviously the more that I could help Josh, the more that he was going to be able to help me. And um, you know, and a lot of times these young guys come into the NFL uh, thinking that you know their standard is a certain way, but whenever you're trying to be the best amongst the best, then your standard has to change. And, uh, and, and Josh embraced that. So obviously he's, he's as good as he is now, I think because of, you know, a little bit of push in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right. Let me get to a fan question. This one's from Solaire. Uh, one of our, our patrons, uh, he says, so for you, Brian, he wants to know if you have a favorite game uh, from your time as a Falcon, like your favorite, either to either to kick, either that you kicked in or just enjoyed the most. Um, ooh. I mean, obviously, it's it, it, just with the franchise and the uh, and with the past and everything. Um, you know, the the game winner to beat Seattle, I think, yeah. it uh, comes up there. Uh, pretty quick. Um, I, I don't remember what the history was up to that moment, but that time that we beat uh, the Saints in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I think that was my, I think that was 2010. Yep, um, overtime after uh, their kicker missed it in overtime first, I think. And I and I had to kick the game winner three times before it finally counted. The first time uh, they called timeout. The second time we jumped off sides, and then the third one finally counted. Yeah. Uh, I think from a, I think that was a big game from the sense of, I, I don't remember how many times the Falcons had lost to them there. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess those two games, uh, those two games stand out the most to me. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. As a Falcon, and that was that was as a Falcon, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you're being when you're being frozen by an opposing team, what do you what are you telling yourself? Um, I'm laughing because they've just wasted their time. Uh, <laughs> there, there was you know I think I think Coach Payton did that to me one time. I looked at him from the middle of the field. I'm like, what are you doing? You know better. <laughs> Come on, man. So, 
my my approach on those were my mentality was okay if you if you call a timeout and i obviously i kick it good kick and i make it well my mentality is okay just repeat that right there uh if something goes wrong then then okay all right i maybe i planted here maybe i did this and make the correction so for me as a kicker like it was a win-win um now but you know that was me personally yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and against seattle if i recall uh p carroll froze you and that first kick did miss right and then you made the adjustment and you know it ended up you know biting them in the butt at the end of the day (laughs) so the story so the backstory on that kick if you can go and if you go back and you watch the video of it so and it happened earlier in the game they uh richard sherman was known to um they would watch the holder so the snapper snap on 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 like on a signal that the holder's given it's not a verbal mm-hmm. it usually it's a visual so like uh i don't see if you see my hand so the you know bosher would hold his hand like this and when he wanted to the snap he would do this okay so um sherman would jump it so when he would see the hand start to go there he would just he would go now we knew that they were doing that uh from watching film doing it to other people so like we may go we we would do like this we show like a hand and then then come back on the fist and so instead <laughs> of snapping the hand we would snap it on the fist or maybe throw a hand out there thousand one thousand two then he would snap ah that's clever. And so yeah and so, uh, you know, like earlier in the game on an extra point, he actually ran by me before I it. So, <laughs> so anyway, going into that kick, we, you know, we, we, we went on fist. Yeah. Okay. I missed that kick because I went too soon. <laughs> I, I went on the hand. So my uh, time off and and I screwed up the kick. It was the reason why I looked the way it went. Now, so here we go. So, so we come back to the huddle, and I'm like, you know, my bad. I, I screwed. The, you know, just a conversation between me and Bosher and Harris. I'm like, I was like, that was me. I went on the hand. I forgot because yeah. I was I was concentrating on the kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we said, all right, what do we want to do? I'm like, all right, just do fist again. We'll do fist again. I went too soon again, and you can see. <laughs> If you go back, you can look on the kick. You can see how I went too soon, and I stopped, and then I went again. Yeah. So it goes back to that that remembering mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I re- so exact same situation, and I adjusted my kick from the previous mess up, and and I made it. Yeah, That's so it was really, it was really, you know, on them. You know, the, the icing doesn't work. It doesn't work. The, kick, the kicker's right. version of a hard count, right? Like that's what basically what it was. It's trying yeah. to. I, I was, I was so zoned in on just what I had to do on the kick, right? That I completely forgot what I had to do before the kick. <laughs> well, the kick is the most important part, you know. And, and, so. <laughs> and this is a great insight, like for just for everyone to see what the intricacies are to yeah. kicking. It's not just. Oh, just go out there and kick. There's like so much that goes into it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you think about what we do in the kick. Uh, you you know, like it, you're talking about one point 
three seconds. Uh, 1.4 seconds, the kick is going to get blocked. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you think about that amount of time and what all has to happen, you know, there's it's it's not just a you know not just go out there and kick it type thing. Exactly, it's it's very tight in the NFL. Like there's there's not a lot of room for error because because teams will you know we don't see block kicks very often, so I think people sort of discount how if you're just a, a hair late, like that can happen. So it's right. it's, it's legit. <laughs> it's a concern. Yep. So um, for sure. Okay, so I think. We had a question from Jason Gaines with the three dollars. Thank you, Jason. Um, I think you touched on it. Yeah, he. Uh, it was what your favorite game-winning field goal was, and I think you said it was the seat, the game against Seattle uh, that we were just talking about. But he also wanted to thank you for being a reliable and clutch kicker for your time in Atlanta. Um, and then, uh, okay, Ray Moon with the three dollars. He wants to know uh, who hits harder, you or Matt Bosher? He says his money's on you, but you know he wanted to hear your your take. Well, if. <laughs> Uh, you can't find it, but if you could, it would have been pretty good. So going back way back when, um, when, before, I mean, the game of football has changed. Uh, you know, they used to celebrate big hits and, you know, basically guys get knocked out. It was just another thing. So there used to be top five hits of the week. I don't know if, if this is like early on in my career. So like 2002, 2003, uh, I made top five hits of the week in the NFL. <laughs> I hit, uh, I hit the uh, they used to call him the Beer Man uh, for the Saints, the Returner. Mm-hmm. I think he was uh, before he got there. He worked for Budweiser or something. He used to, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I hit him pretty good on the sideline. Uh, but that was that was a long a long time ago in a galaxy far away when I was much younger. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, everyone's seen Matt Matt Bosher's hits, but you know, yeah. Bosher was had you know was quite a bit younger while he was here. So you know, I, I don't know if that was a fair comparison at that point in your respective careers. So I know, yeah, so has, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bosher, I mean, uh, you know, he was a young uh, physical guy. He uh, he got in. He he didn't mind sticking his head in there and getting in the rumble. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely I think we all appreciated that. About it was him. Michael Michael Lewis. Yes, was yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you guys you guys have more questions? Anybody? Um, I had one. So you signed with the Atlanta Falcons in the middle of the 2009 season. I want to say November. Mm-hmm. After that, you spent after that 2009 season. You spent another 10 years in Atlanta. Became, in my opinion, the greatest kicker in team history, uh, most points in franchise history. When you were signing with the Falcons at that time, did you ever think that? it would get to that level with Atlanta or was it just, you know, at the time it's like another stop and, you know, you don't know how long you're going to be there. So whenever I got there, I signed a, a two year deal. So, um, I, I, uh, you know, like you said, that last uh, five or six games of that 2009 year, uh, and then going to the 2010, um, I, you know, I didn't know, um, but you know, uh, somewhere towards the end of the year, uh, coach Smith, uh, came to me at team hotel, uh, whenever they were starting to talk to my agent and he said, uh, he said, well, you know, we'll get it done. You're my guy. Mm-hmm. So he told me that I figured, you know, uh, I would be there for a while, but you know, initially signing, 
uh, with them. Uh, you know, it's it's a crazy business. You never really know. There's even with a two year deal, there's it's just you know there's probably not that much guarantee at the time and all that. So it's, it's still kind of a crapshoot, even though you have the little extra, you have the extra year on there, but. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just shows how much things change. Jason Elam, he was the guy who was cut in 2009 uh, as the Falcons kicker. He was a pro bowler in 2008. So it just shows just yeah. how, how, how small the margin of error is, especially at that position where, you know, you have to be on your game week in and week out. Yeah, he. I think he was kind of not, you know, I, I, he was pretty much towards the end of his uh, kind of end of his career. I don't know if 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 injuries played into any of that or not, or if he just. Um, but yeah, I mean, he obviously he had a great career up until. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, we got a question from Jason Gaines. Uh, Matt, he wants to know. Uh, what was it like playing under Keith Armstrong as your special teams coordinator? And did you have any coaches in particular that you really enjoyed playing for during your career? Uh, my career. Uh, so uh, Keith, Keith, something else. He's uh, <laughs> uh, and me and him had a good relationship. Uh, and, you know, in a world that's as crazy as it is now, uh, me and him could joke, we could joke about anything, uh, put to you that way. Uh, we had a very open relationship and, uh, and a sense of, uh, respect between the both of us. So it was, you know, it was, it was good, uh, uh, playing under him and, and, you know, and I, and I had several good coaches, uh, uh, you know, Gruden was, uh, he was a good guy to play for. Um, uh, you know, I was in New York only for a couple of years. Uh, and then I, in reality, most of my time was there in, uh, in Atlanta with uh, Coach Smith and, uh, and DQ. So, you know, I, I got along with everybody, I yeah. feel like. And uh, so, I mean, overall, so it was pretty good. My special teams coach there in Tampa, besides you, uh, yeah, he was, he was fun to play for. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of good names there. A lot of a lot of good coaches you spent time with. Um, then we have a uh, uh, question from Noah Cook, kind of in the same vein. Uh, he says he's uh, he says hi. First of all, big fan. Uh, wanted to ask, did you have a, a favorite player on special teams that you enjoyed playing with uh, throughout your career? Oh, um, man, I'm trying to think. I mean, I played. Uh, I mean, there was a bunch of good ones. I don't know if I could just. Tell you one guy. That, yeah, yeah, that's a long list, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know there was there were several. Uh, I mean, there was there was just I'm hard to single out one. But you know what? Who w- would have been a really good special team? But obviously, uh, he's a great position. Uh, would have been Deion Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. A linebacker that could run the way he ran, or and still does, and and tackle. Uh, I think I think his rookie year they got him in there a little bit, but you know just obviously starting middle linebacker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably don't want to put him in on teams too much, but yeah. But he he probably could have been a demon. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I wish I wish there was no such thing as injuries, and then you could just 
play all your best guys on special teams, and those coverage units would be so nasty. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like you know, Wing, you know, you know, you know, obviously Wings was a great special teams guy. You know, mm-hmm. he he made his bones in the league, uh, especially with us uh, on teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Wings is another good one for sure. Former Pro Bowler. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, like any, yeah. Army blade knife. You know, he could do everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. You guys have. Yeah, Evan. Did you have something uh, for? for yeah. A, um, I think you know a lot of people see kickers like when they miss field goals, it's just like oh they screwed up or whatever. But overall, like, and this doesn't have to be specific to one game. What would go through your head from the moment it was like, whether it was a game-winning field goal or just like an important field goal, just coming out to the field like what was where you did you want to you know leave me alone don't talk to me sort of thing or um just kind of what was the mentality going on so for me on missing a kick um was uh trying to think how to explain well it was it was tough mentally Mm -hmm. because if you think about you know if you you do you're you've been doing something for so long and like your your body uh your brain is so used to success mm-hmm. so when when so when when you've been kind of conditioned to that and like that doesn't happen you know it's like your mind or was like like wow that's a different feeling Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know it was it's um it, it's 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 tough. I mean, but you got you know you got to have kind of a short memory. But uh, I, you know, for me, every kick it was an opportunity to be the very best uh, mentally. So, like, and uh, you know, not because I say so, but you know, because the stats say so. I mean. Um, like I made a whole lot more than what I missed. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, so when those when that miss does happen, you know, it just it's like it's it, it's a it's a tough feeling. How yeah. if it was like uh, just the difference between like it being at the end of the game and then it's just okay, well we'll try better next week, as opposed to like if it was earlier in the game and then trying to bounce back, you know, maybe thirty minutes later or whatever. Right. Um. I think it's all the same. Um, now, obviously, you know, uh, uh, end of the game type stuff, just because, like, there's not a chance to correct if something goes mm-hmm. wrong. Um, psychologically, it's going to feel different because, you know, like if you miss a kicker first quarter, uh, and, and that was always big for me, was like, like I wanted, you know, obviously you want to make every one of them. Uh, but like that first one, like you really, 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 really want to make, right? Because yeah. you know it's it's that it's a good feeling. Yeah, you know, just yeah. Keep on Starts chasing the tone. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, yeah. I mean, um, it does does a miss in the first quarter, first half, or whatever. Does it hurt? Uh, yes. Not as bad as the the one at the end, just because you don't have a chance to, you know correct that feeling so, mm. yeah yeah do yeah, you, you, you feel Zerline on opening night for the cowboys yeah, yeah. and how the, the type of night he had yeah mm-hmm. 
I, yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't see it, uh, but I guess I think he kicked. Didn't he kick a game winner this past week? Yeah, yeah. yeah. game winner from yeah. like fifty-eight. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I heard him make comments about people make comments about well, it makes up for whatever happened last week. So I didn't see what happened the, the prior week. I think he missed like two or three, didn't he? he missed two or three in open yeah. night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he did yeah. bounce back for sure. So. He did bounce back. Yeah. 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 That's what yeah. they say, you know. Not about falling down, it's about how you get up. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Uh, do, do you ever feel bad for the opposing kicker uh, when they miss? It's like that kicker fraternity, or was it like, <laughs> all right, this is better for the team? Uh, well, it depends on if we win or not. <laughs> <laughs> there were some guys I could care less about. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's some who's some opposing kickers you were friends with or you liked a lot? Um. Uh, you know, earlier on in my career, uh, you know, like, I mean, obviously, you know, um, you know, Adam would be uh, just because, you know, we were old guys. We were in our 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a lot. Of, I mean, you, I, I think I probably tend to uh, gravitate more towards the older guys just because, I, you know, I was older. But, you know, like Barney, um, towards the end of his career, I was kind of in the beginning or middle of mine, uh, I, all the people I'm naming are all uh, NFC South guys. You know, like uh, <laughs> John Casey uh, with Carolina, uh, great guy. Um, I mean, there's there, there was a lot of there was a lot of good guys, and just like in every and just like in every um, I guess aspect of this world, occupation or whatever. I mean, there's you know you had some young guys that were. Uh, pretty full of themselves and you know there are some older guys full of themselves as well mm-hmm. uh so it's just like anything else um there's a majority of them i got along with and some of them you know I, I care. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah well matt i don't want to keep you too long uh, you know how are how are we doing on time do you need to to wrap it up or you got time for a few more uh, i got time for a few more okay yeah yeah i'll, I'll open it up to you i know we have uh we have a a vague Super Bowl question. It's not anything uh-huh. I think too painful. I don't I don't know if you're you're game for that or not. <laughs> it's, everything about that is painful, Kevin. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's that's where we're we're gonna screen it. So it's up to you if you want to take that one or not. <laughs> it's go, go ahead. I had a actually I had a Super Bowl moment uh, last Friday at my son's football game. We, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were up by. I don't remember how many points we were up by. And there was like about five minutes left in the game, and uh, we threw the ball instead of running it. Yep. Uh, Tell somebody. I've, I've seen this ball. <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what, what what's your Super Bowl question? So yeah, Corey Carter asks. Uh, so do you remember what your range was in the Super Bowl? And if you get the shot to take the kick at the end of the game, do you think you nail it? What kind of? Uh, <laughs> well, he wants to know because because you know, depending on when we had to make the kick, the ra- the kick could have been exceptionally far. You know, depending on this hypothetical Matt. scenario. Of course, he's, he's going to nail it, Matt. but you know, I guess a he's Pro saying Bowl in 2016. Exactly. So he's I guess he's Matt. asking, you know, how far do you would you have said like I need to kick this? You know, what would the Dallas. range have been? Yeah. Well, he's he's from Dallas, he's money Matt. <laughs> well, obviously the. Uh... I mean, at, at that game, we, we always kind of set the deal right around the 57-yard mark. Yeah. Uh, 50, um, 
Um, you know, you get in a game situation, you may, you know, you, know, you got a jersey, who knows. But could we, where we were, no, it wasn't when we had to punt the <laughs> possibility. Um, but, I mean, you know, that that 33-yarder first down. Surely. <laughs> that that would have been a little easier maybe. That was, yeah. that was a sub-50-yarder. I don't think Matt was missing any of those. Yeah, it's, inside the 20, right? Like, I think it was like the – 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18 yard run or something like that, right? We wouldn't have, yeah, if we wouldn't have gained another another down, I think we were at, or another yard, I think we were at like a a, a 33, 34 oh, yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? It's like an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. that's rough. That's rough. Know, but yeah, no, of course he would have nailed it. What kind of question is that? No. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Court. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we did have a question about um, your your last year in Atlanta and Dan Quinn. Um, you know, I, I uh, I'll, I'll it's it's kind of an, an angry question from Ray, who is definitely a struggling Falcons fan. But uh, you know, we'll we'll sugarcoat a little bit. But he just wants to know kind of your thoughts on on your last season in Atlanta and anything you sort of want to share about the coaching or that sort of thing. Um, I, do I like how the last year went? No. Uh, not even close to it. Um, and it was a shame that it happened the way it did. Um, so, and, and I don't know if I would put it on, um, I, I don't know if I would put that on Dan or not. I think, uh, may have been somebody else, uh, how that last year went. Um, but again, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the thing that bothered me the most was, uh, was, I guess, how maybe I was portrayed um, because that 2018 year, yeah, I think I missed one kick, and that was 53 yards, Green Bay, uh, with a, a pretty good headwind to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I hurt my leg on the 57. Yeah. So to say that I couldn't still do it, whoever may have said that, I don't know how if that was fair or not. Yeah, I, maybe not fair, but I don't know if that was justified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, but I mean, it's you know, it's a business, uh, and maybe there was an aspect of wanting to get younger and all that good stuff. You know, I don't know. Uh, but you know, in the same breath, you know, I guess probably ninety-eight percent of the time, players uh, go out um, not on their own field. Yeah, uh, I just, you know, it I still wish, hurts. Yeah, it still hurts. I, yeah, I, and I wish I wish it had been a better. I wish it had been a better situation, but it uh, it wasn't. On your, on your but, terms. Right. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I mean. But the, but at the end of the day, uh, um, you know, uh, Mr. Blank was great to me, uh, to my family. Uh, the fans were uh, were good to us. Uh, you know the so I mean it, it's it, even though it didn't end the way that we wanted it to end, um, it was still very positive with like I said with with Mr. Blank, the Falcons, and the fans, and so. Uh, you know, so with, with that, you know, it's, it's, you just, 
kind of is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know and I can it. tell you yeah. the. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, no, no go ahead. No, the no, fans ahead. definitely don't hear Matt Bryant and think that last year. Yeah, like it's no, for the sure. collection of good times. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, and 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 so and again, I want to reiterate that uh, I, for for the great majority of the time. Um, I mean, it was it was a it was a good situation, and like I said, I, I couldn't ask for a better owner uh, than Mr. Blank, and um, you know, and, and what the he all did for. Him. Yeah, absolutely. I know we did have one question from the chat. I, I can't remember who it was, but he wanted to know if, if you had to strap up, you know, right now, uh, could you hit a fifty yarder on Sunday? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't I haven't done anything in two years. Other yeah, than, uh, yeah. Other than gain weight, I haven't done anything. <laughs> well, I still you know, hold have, out hope that yeah. I'll see some Matt Bryant news. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we might need you, you know, to play offensive line, depending on how much weight we're talking. But no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I, you know, I can't tell you. Um, it was funny because the other day I was sitting around, like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna. I'm just going to call my agent and just see like what kind of possibilities there could be for like next year. Mm-hmm. But then I, I felt my back. I was like, you know what? Never. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I can't, I mean, you would, uh, the, the, the stuff that I went through my time there. I mean, like there's some things that, you know, like people there, you know, like I can't remember what that muscle is behind your calf um but there's like a tendon back there it popped during the pregame of against the uh, carolina uh like i felt it pop and roll up in the back of my leg on those deals to where sometimes people they take it as an achilles injury but it's not mm-hmm. um you still function with it yeah it's just it's just an awkward feeling to feel something uh pop inside yeah. of you yeah uh, uh, you know and like the like I like I had all my the nerves uh, cauterized uh, my lower back um, because uh, everything was just hurting so bad there towards yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it was you know there's there was a lot of uh, duct tape and um, super glue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Space age technology. <laughs> right. it, you know, it it, it worked out. Yeah, good, good. Well, we definitely appreciated everything you did and, you know, obviously put your body through the ringer as well. Uh, just just it was great, uh, great, great career here in Atlanta. And I know a lot of people think of you as the Falcons kicker, but there were a lot more years on there too before you even came to Atlanta. So um, just a great uh, storied career. Uh, you know, obviously uh, I would have I I been I down for more, more years, but yeah, go I, ahead. I, on, I, I have one more question. Do you ever go in, uh, into those games against the Bucks with you know some revenge on your mind just because you know they they cut you and it's like all right I want to show them that they were wrong? Yes. <laughs> yes. The answer I was looking for. Yep, I appreciate that for sure. That's what's uh, crazy. I, I think a lot of fans forget, especially new fans, that like you were a well-known Buccaneers kicker like before Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how big of a switch that is to come to the rival and now like if you hear matt bryant it's atlanta falcons but there was a minute where it was like oh yeah he's the buccaneers kicker yeah it, you know and uh it, 
because you know I spent four years there, and obviously my last year there with the uh, passing of my son. Um, so you know it was a big uh, that was kind of a big deal. But um, you know, and, and I had the sixty-two yarder there. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know, I had several you know game winners, in, including to beat uh, Atlanta a few times. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, like I kind of made a mark there. And uh, I never, I didn't ever think I would leave there. To be honest with you. Uh-huh. And then whenever, uh, and then whenever John got fired, and Bruce got fired, and then it became kind of like a, you know, we're just going to clean the house type deal. Uh, you know, I was part of, I was part of the house clean. Um, so yeah, it, and then to end up in Atlanta. Uh, to be able to play them twice a year for so long was uh, it was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks had their struggles for like about ten years after. Yeah. After cutting, they you had like a that. kicking curse. You know, you, there is there is a really funny story behind that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to disclose it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there, there, it's it's funny. It's uh, it's funny. Yes. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. not helping us. We now we yeah. just want to know. Well, if you want, you can you can tell it to us off air. You know, you know off, off, off the record. Yeah, you can tell it to us off air off the record if you want. But yeah, well, once it goes out here, you know, all, all like hundreds of people watching this are going to know it. So yeah, you got to be careful with that kind of story. It, well, it's not. It, it's it, it's funny. <laughs> All right. I, I got one last one. Yeah, go um, for it. just to kind of end it on. Um, you know, I'm sure you're aware of like the Falcons Ring of Honor. Like eventually you're gonna get in that. Um and you know, it's like the best Falcons players of all time. What what will it mean, you know, to what would it mean to like be in, in that kind of prestigious group? Because there's only I think off the top of my head, I think there's like eleven players or something or twelve, something like that. Um, well, you know, if it if it does happen, obviously it would be it would be a great honor. Um, you know, anytime you get recognized, uh, and, and especially by uh, an organization like the Falcons, um, to to have that kind of honor would be uh, uh, it would obviously it would be at the top. You know, one of the top moments of my career. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, we spent. I guess it was 11 seasons there, um, you know, to, and, and to have so many, there were so many kicks, um, so many moments that were shared, um, you know, me as individual family, uh, and then like with the fan base, uh, with the organization, uh, you know, like I said, going back to early on, beat, you know, uh, beating New Orleans there. That, that was a big game, uh, you know. Finally, finally getting to the second round of the playoffs when we beat Seattle. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, going to the Super Bowl, uh, and just so many moments between there that, um, you know, it's it's not only, it's not only me. It you know, it's people that supported me. You know I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, like my family, my yeah. friends, you know, the yeah. fan base. So. Um, to to get recognized like that, obviously would be tremendous. 
and you know it but it's it, it should be shared by all because you know i, I had a lot of support yeah because yeah. they announced uh i can't remember i think it was rich mckay that they're going to let the fans kind of have a decision in it because um, I guess they're going to do one next year. So I'll have to start that campaign. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No bigger supporter than than Evan. I'm sure you're aware. They, they so. don't want to test me on a, on <laughs> no, a campaign. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we know who the campaign manager will be. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, Matt, we just really appreciate you taking the time uh and and answering all the fan questions and our questions uh, it's been great chatting with you uh hope you'll you'll feel like you're you're welcome of course to come back on anytime you want to get a word in um and he is on twitter guys at matt underscore bryant three uh matt anything else that you're working on anything you want to plug of that nature uh no other than i'm trying to get my fish tank finished in my oh. house <laughs> But no, I've I, seen the progress for like it seems like <laughs> ever. <laughs> right, it's massive. I I hear about it all the time from Melissa. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I've got nothing plug. I I live down here at the beach. Everything's pretty quiet. I just uh, just you know, yeah, living, getting that yeah. well deserved that well deserved rest now after after many 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 years in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, really appreciate that, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. Um, yep. Just wanted yeah. real, real quick. Just want to, Matt. Someone close to me wanted wanted me to, to let you know that they said hi. They're a huge fan of you, and they I told them that you were going to be on tonight. So, um, yeah, they just wanted me to give a special shout out to you and let them know that they they're they're still wishing you well. All right, good. We'll tell them thank you. No problem. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that is Matt Bryan, everyone. Again, thanking him so much for his time. Also want to thank everyone else for uh, tuning in tonight, uh, including my co-host. First of all, the man responsible for bringing Matt on tonight. He is Evan Birchfield at Evan Birchfield on Twitter, director of guest personnel. Evan, anything <laughs> else? Any any other you know tricks you have up your sleeve uh, for us? No. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I can talk. You know, yeah, it's pretty this, hard. So, like, pretty I probably tough. ain't coming on anymore. Like, this is it. Yeah, I'm no, retired, Evan's just I'm gonna ride off from the show. Yeah, right off into the sunset after that one. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate that. Thank you so much, Evan. Uh, also with us tonight, we have Eric Robinson. He is at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, anything that you're working on, you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a column that's already out. You know, uh, listing five things that we learned from this past. Week two matchup against the Bucks, and also be on the lookout at the end of the week towards the game preview for the road game against the Giants in week three. Yep. Yeah, guys, check that out for sure. Also with us tonight, Adnan Ikic. He's at Say Which Way on the Twitters. Adnan, anything that you're working on you'd like to plug? A uh, series history article against the Giants, and what if we win or lose against the Giants, both coming out Saturday. Check it out. Excellent, excellent. And guys, I'm Kevin Knight, F Alcoholic Kevin. Uh, my stuff uh, tomorrow will be the stats preview, looking at the Falcons versus Giants stats. Obviously, it's only two games, so it's you know very volatile, those numbers. But uh, look for some you know minor insights, maybe, into the direction of these two teams and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Also have matchups to watch on Saturday. And, of course, we will have our post-game show Sunday immediately following Falcons versus Giants. You can look for that out here on the YouTubes as well. Uh, but for all of us, for myself... 
Evan, Adnan, and for Matt Bryant. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like and subscribe if you haven't done that already. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. And, of course, frequent the site, thefalcoholic.com, for all your Falcons news, analysis, and tomfoolery, as Dave Choate says on the Twitter. So, again, guys, thank you so much. Have a great night. Um, We will talk to you on Sunday.